Thank you, Pat. Good morning. It's wonderful to see you all. And I say that in the best way because I've got new glasses and I'm... <laughs> There's some very beautiful people here today. <laughs> I'm glad we've made worshiping together this morning on this Communion Sunday a priority. And I'm really grateful for the many people that are participating in this service. There are over 30 people participating in this service right now, some of whom have done things to prepare and aren't up front, others that are doing things that are fairly routine, I guess. But uh, we try to acknowledge those that are unseen too, um, and I just am very thankful for those that are all helping out. Please um, feel free to come forward and place any names that you need to in the prayer book today at any time that's appropriate to you. Now, I'm not gonna take down names, but please also raise your hand if you were here for last Sunday's service. <clears throat> okay, you can put your hand down. It was a spectacular service for baby Aaron Fogarty's blessing. I was really moved by the words of encouragement we heard about God's love in such a difficult situation. All week I've been thinking about it and, and meaning to talk to a number of you that participated. It showed us how our congregation helped this multi-generational family in such a difficult situation by de demonstrating through their faith and their actions and your faith and your actions what it means to be a community of Christ and ministers for Jesus. The theme this morning, as you can see, is courageously speak. And what we heard last Sunday were courageous people speaking. It was an inspiring service. When I think about our theme this morning, I'm reminded of several famous Americans like Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. who through their words and actions became spokespeople for a movement, the civil rights movement. And of course, I think of Jesus Christ who stuck to the truth of his message in spite of fear and consequences. As I prepared for the service, I came across this. Having courage, having courage doesn't mean you're fearless. It means you've overcome your fears. Having courage doesn't mean you're fearless. It means you've overcome your fears. I've been thinking of that quote for the last two weeks as I've prepared for this service. And naming my fears and what I can do to overcome them. That's hard to do to think back or think about what those are or even admit that you have fears or admit it publicly. And so what I've done is adopted another quote. You may have heard me say this once before, but never fail to follow a prompting. 
never fail to follow a prompting. I'm using it to remind myself to listen to God more intently and to allow God lead me. It's not so easy to ignore. It is very easy, actually, to ignore those promptings. To say to ourselves, I'm too busy right now, or I don't need to bother the person who God placed in my mind or in my thoughts, and to allow him to lead us. What we find is that when God prompts us to act, to welcome new family to church, to visit a neighbor, to visit someone that's sick, to lift someone up, we find that we're reminded about our past blessings and we're surprised by the overwhelming power of connection and community. So let us continue our service in that vein by standing and singing our hymn of invitation, God is Calling, number 172. Please bow with me. Dear Heavenly Father, as a community, we are gathered here to worship you in this sacred space. We praise you for your blessings and unconditional love and grace that you so generously give. As we worship this morning, may our hearts and minds be open to your spirit. Help us to be sincere in our thoughts, that we may come before you in reverence. Help us to be ready to receive new understanding that we may be, be your, behold your wonder and glory. In thy holy name we pray. Amen.
As we pause to take time to offer a prayer for peace, we invite you to listen and offer your silent prayers of peace too. Please join us today. Please join us in today's prayer and meditation by quietly breathing and experiencing God's eternal love and grace. Dear God, the prayers of the people this day begin with us and include those we know and love, strangers and enemies, all nations, the entire world, and all of creation. God, we want to connect with you with your spirit of peace and experience you here with us in this moment. Creator of the universe and our world, help us to draw the circle of our community wider to include people that we know and love and even those we struggle to understand and accept. Help us be forgiving, merciful, compassionate, and peaceful to other people. Help us to accept and be kind and caring to all the people we meet. We also know that you expect us to express our prayers for peace in both words and actions. Inspire us the courage to act peacefully. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. God, shalom, amen.
the most important of all the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Maya Angelou was an American poet, singer, memoirist, and civil rights activist. Have enough courage to, tr to trust love one more time and always one more time. Maya Angelou. Courage isn't having the strength to go on. It is going when you, on when you don't have the strength. Napoleon Bonaparte was a French statesman and a military leader who rose to prominence during the French Revolution. Real courage is when you know you're licked before you begin. But you begin anyways and see it through no matter what. Harper Lee was an American novelist widely known to, for To Kill a Mockingbird, published in 1960. Immediately successful, it won the 1961 Pulitzer Prize and has become a classic of modern American literature. Courage is what it takes to, to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Winston Churchill was a British, British politician, army officer, and writer was Prime Minister of the United Kingdom during World War II. Go forth, go forth with confidence and live prophetically as a people who have been loved and who now courageously choose to love others in the name of the one you serve. Amen. Doctrine and Covenants section in 162, 7C. Many of you know me for many years, as we've been attending the Olathe congregation for over 37 years, and uh, we moved to Kansas City in 1981, when Jake was just a year old. We've established a tremendous group of friendships, uh, support, and love through all of you people here. And you have lived with us through great joys and difficulties, and you know who we are. But I'm not so sure you know exactly who I am. And I have lived most of my life afraid to step out of my comfort zone. A lot of us, like it or not, have experienced the same thing at one time or another. On the surface, it may not appear I struggle at all, but deep down, deep-seated issues come up. And when I'm charged to do something that I've never done before, it's even more difficult. Mind you, I have a tremendous support in my husband and all of my family members. And I can't place the blame or responsibility on anybody but myself. 
My stories are just that. They're stories. I was fully aware that I was the one creating those. I was easily intimidated by people capable of speaking their mind, organized individuals that got it done with seemingly a lot of ease. We all face fears. We all face inadequacies. We all struggle with self-assurance, some less than others. We all do the best we can to live our lives with what we have, and we all face challenges every day. For three weeks last October and early November, during the time when we were all sharing in the congregational blessing preparations, I had a few volunteer coaching sessions where my coach asked questions that hit me to the core. Similar to the blessing journal that Allie Arnold and the pastorate gifted us with. What was keeping me from creating my goals? I have held myself at bay for so many years, sorry, because of fear, and it cripples us when we have that fear. I read a tweet that Allie uh, shared this morning. Stop making fear your home. And that was what I was doing. Realizing that fear shows up in many ways and in many things in my life, I was overwhelmed with excitement when I had a breakdown with my coach, sobbing with her on the line. I had exposed myself to some of the deepest intentions I'd had, I'm sorry. <sighs> Many years ago that didn't get completed. I had not in fact failed. I actually wasn't ready for it yet. The journal and my coach's questions were very poignant for me. <clears throat> Working through the incredible blessing journal, it was both spiritual and challenging. Adventure, trust, faith, gratitude, community. These words are so well known and extremely important, but each of us can forget as we busy ourselves with our daily lives. The journal suggests that we go on adventures of the heart to places we desire, maybe even places we don't want to go, memories pleasant or unpleasant, in order to keep us reaching our goals and dreams. As we move through the process, we witness these words in others. Love more, give more, share more, give our stories to others in a safe community, or even with strangers. As a result of these experiences, I've created the class that I'm starting next week called Sweet Life of Community, and I hope some of you can attend. My testimony today is one that was experienced when studying uh, for my life coaching certif certification in 2014. On Thursday, 
our first night of the retreat, I met 14 very unique and beautiful people. At breakfast Friday morning, we were each given a process, and mine was to identify one gift that each person had. Now, you know, given the evening that we had the night before, I didn't know these people. I was very unaware of some of their characteristics, of some of their blessings that they have in their life. So I was terrified, needless to say. My goal was to look into their eyes and to see what God sees in them. Though I didn't know them well, I felt a sensitivity and spiritual calm that was unexplainable. I expressed what I found their gifts to be, and according to each one of them, I was right on. I was opening my heart to observe and see inside of them to communicate. I've had several incidents in my 70 plus years where God's spirit has given me complete freedom to speak to people when I observe pain or distress or anxiety in their eyes or their voice. It requires an open heart and mind and willingness to feel and express. I don't take that lightly. My spiritual growth has been a constant in my life. Reaching for the stars, praying for strength to pursue projects that I had always felt inadequate doing, having faith that all will be okay, was usually on an as-needed basis. And prayer was used when the going got tough. My desire to change that was amplified by the most recent immersion into the congregational blessing. I continue, I continue to grow as I experience the profound spiritual and meaningful church services, the community of saints, the fellowship of friends, and the love and the gratitude I have deep in my heart for each of you. Don't let fear take over. We are called to share God's love in our families, communities, and throughout the world. With God as our support, we grow strong in faith and out of gratitude and generosity, share our gifts. The first of the six stewardship principles of the Disciples' Generous Response is to receive God's gifts. God gifts each person with boundless grace and unending love. God's gifts for each of us are expressed through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. No expression of grace and generosity is as complete as the life of Jesus, God's Son freely given to all. This grace expresses God's gift of eternal life and commitment to save the world. God's astonishing generosity in the life of Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of generosity. God loves us, and we love in response to being loved. We become whole when we receive God's gift of Jesus Christ, realizing that all we are and have is from God, who gives freely with no strings attached. 
As we recognize what has been given to us, God hopes we will respond by generously sharing that which he has given us. As you share financially through mission ties or if you give regularly through e-tithing, please at this time pause to consider your commitment and how you will tithe to your true capacity of time, talent, and testimony to courageously speak to the people and situations you encounter so they can see and experience God's love through you. Will those receiving our offerings come forward? God, we recognize and thank you for your love and all that you've given to us. Help us as we respond by sharing what we have been given. Bless our gifts today that they may positively impact your world. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Good morning. Are you ready? <laughs> All right. It is good to be here this morning and to bring you what I think is the word of God as we speak courageously. It was impressed upon me uh, three weeks ago when we were walking on the island of Hawaii. And, uh, and while well, the just... Girls were shopping. Uh, the other man and I, Bob and I, started to talk to one of the preachers on the sidewalk. They were doing their missionary stuff. And so we engaged in conversation. And we knew the girls would be gone for a couple hours, so we had lots of time to, to let them go. And it became very apparent to me that in the gospel movement, we have a great divide. And it is difficult to hear one speak when we are in such divides. We were speaking to a gentleman who was convinced certain elements of our population were just doomed and they had no chance of anything save it be they just confessed to Christ and that uh, God was not pleased with that that just race of people or those kinds of people. And, 
And we had a difficult time. Uh, we weren't quite buying his lingo, but he was very passionate about it. And so it's imperative as we go into the scripture today, Luke 4, and we're going to go through 14 through 30, and it is where Jesus declares his mess, his mess, his his mission, and to he declares it from the scripture of Isaiah 61. And I'd like to just read Isaiah 61, 1 and 61. Nine, it kind of sets up the, the just stage for just the gospel of Luke. He says in 61.1, he has sent me to bring forth the good news of the good news. To the oppressed, to blind uh, excuse me, to just bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and re release to the prisoners. 61.9, Isaiah says, I will, make, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Now, I've been in the scripture a long time, and I, didn't, I always thought there was just one just everlasting covenant. But that, I'm surprised, is not the case. There are several. Isaiah makes this covenant. I will make an everlasting covenant with then the house of Judah, with their, their descendants shall be, be known among the nations and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge they are a people whom God has blessed. Jeremiah 32:40, an everlasting covenant. They just shall speak to my people. I will give them one heart and one way that just they may just fear me for all time, for their just own good and the good of their children. I will make an everlasting covenant with them never to draw back from just doing good to them. Isaiah 54 9 and 10. This, th this, he says, is like the days of Noah to me, just as I swore that, that the just waters of Noah would just never again go over the earth. And so I have sworn that just I will not be be angry with you and just will not rebuke rebuke you for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed but my steadfast 
love shall not depart from you, and my just covenant of peace shall not be removed. In Mark 13, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The reason those scriptures are so powerful to us is as we look at the gospel of today's scripture, Luke, Today, Jesus says, those words have been fulfilled in just your hearing. Today, those words have been fulfilled in your hearing that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he says, because he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to just let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim year of the Lord. Today, Jesus says those words have been fulfilled. He had just come out of the desert where he had been fasting and praying, looking for guidance, looking for his mission. He came through Capernaum and was preaching and healing as he always had done in the synagogues. He then came to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he came to Nazareth, he stood up and he read from the book of Isaiah, which I have quoted. And then he declared, today that scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and everybody spoke well of him and were were amazed at his gracious words. And he said, I know you will say, doctor, cure yourself. And I know that you will say, do here as you did in Capernaum. We want to see this healing. We want to see this divine thing. Is not this Joseph's son? Truly I tell you, he said in verse 24, Luke, truly I tell you, no, no, just prophet is accepted. In his home town. The truth is that there were many widows in the state of Israel in the time of Elijah when the heavens were closed for three and a half years. And there was a severe famine in that time. Yet, he said, he just Elijah was not sent to any of them, to the house of Judah, except he went to Serapath, to an outsider in the town of Sidon. There were many, many lepers, he said, in the time of Elisha, and just, and just none of them were just cleansed, except Naaman 
this, the just, just uh, Syrian, another outsider. And when they heard this, they were mad. And they stood and, want, and, and, and wanted to run him out of town and to throw him off the cliff. And as they drove him out, he moved amongst them and left town never to return. Why did Jesus get this kind of reaction? What on earth is going on when he comes to a people to preach the good news? What is there in that good news that so ticked off the locals that they wanted and hated him so much? He was one of them. He was born there. And yet we find from the start of it, all spoke well of him to that they might throw him off the cliff. This just change in response by the crowd is so important in just Luke's gospel of Jesus' message of just, and just how it is received. When we were in Hawaii and this guy was telling me his brand of the gospel and how that gospel condemned this race of people and this type of people, what a different message that is from the gospel of Luke. The gospel of Luke says that gospel is to go to each and every human being on the face of the earth. No restrictions, no bounds. Grace is for all. And yet this man was preaching and quoting his scriptures very well. Jesus was quoting his scripture, but it was not what they wanted to hear. They were, as I read in the first from just Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Matthew, Luke, John, saying they are a particularly blessed people. This people of Israel, they are special. They are mine. And he says, I will not depart from them. And all of a sudden, Jesus is quoting and saying, my mission is to go to the oppressed, the blind, to all. And they did not like that. Are we sometimes as Christians stuck in that same vein that we think we are so self-righteous that we forget what and whom we are called to be. And so the Jesus' mission of blessing and salvation is for all of us. But many times people cannot fully hear Jesus because they are so focused on an exclusive image of God. We were like that one day, folks, when we were Years back, we used to preach that kind of stuff. We did. We thought we were it. We thought we were holier than holy. And we were the only ones that going to go into celestial glory. We preached that stuff. And yet the message of Jesus, when you become my disciple, you will take my good news, which is a blessing to all, and you will take it to all who will hear. For many people, the blessing of God is only for the just chosen few. And that is so not true. People who view themselves selectively often have difficulty recon 
recognizing God's work in others. And isn't that true? I was dumbfounded that God cared about me. I was dumbfounded he cared about me, a person of no account. In those days, I felt unworthy, worthless, abused, all those things that go on through our minds. As Sidna shared her testimony, we need that time when we go into the wilderness to prepare ourselves for the good news of the gospel and what it really means. It is so important to us. The question is, how just does the good news of Jesus Christ become distorted into a message of exclusivity? And I don't know that answer, why we do that. But we are so divided in this country, so divided in the world about this God thing. Who's in and who's out? In our just a congregational blessing. God just did not say we were going to be extra special here. He said, be builders of fellowship. Be builders of healing and reconciling. Be builders of community. Be builders of spirit. Being a disciple of Jesus does not make us worth more than others. It makes us more responsible to others. To fulfill, to just fully, fully hear Jesus and to be his disciples, we must be humble enough, teachable enough, servants who will really want to live Christ's mission for the benefit of all people and not just for a few. This morning is a special day as you take the bread and the wine. This morning as you remember whose just you are and the message of you are to carry to others. Courageously speak and may God bless you in doing so. At this time, we have an opportunity to share in the com communion practice that binds all Christians together. The sacrament of the Lord's Supper in which we remember the life, death, and living presence of Jesus Christ. Through partaking of the emblems, we renew the covenant we made with God through baptism. Although the program indicates that we will be offering bread and wine, we use grape juice and bread as emblems of Jesus' body and uh, blood. We invite all who participate in the Lord's Supper to do so as an expression of love 
and peace of Jesus Christ, in whose name we worship, and to remember our sisters and brothers throughout the world, the prayer, the common prayer, will be read in French and then in English. At this time, all those who are able to kneel, please kneel for the prayer on the bread and wine. Dieu éternel, nous te demandons au nom de ton Fils Jésus-Christ de bénir et sanctifier ce pain et ce vin pour les âmes de tous ceux qui vont en prendre, qu'ils le fassent en souvenir du corps et du sang de ton Fils, qu'il te témoigne au Dieu éternel qu'il veut prendre sur eux le nom de ton Fils et toujours se souvenir de lui et garder les commandements qu'il leur a donnés, enfin qu'il aille toujours son esprit avec eux. Amen. Eternal God, we ask you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread and wine to the souls of all those who receive them, that they may eat and drink in remembrance of the body and blood of your Son, and witness to you, O God, that they are willing to take upon them the name of your Son, and always remember him, and keep the commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit to be with them. Amen.
pray with me? Gracious God, we are grateful for the courage and example of Jesus and seek to speak courageously of all that is good and right. In our lives, may we be strong in our faith, choosing to enact the phrase, Christ's mission is our mission. May we heed your call to venture into unknown paths as we try to be the best disciples we can be. In Christ's name, amen. <laughs>